You're listening to AM331. Watched it now. We're gonna stay up all night to uh, talk about it. Um, welcome back for another edition of Saturday Night Movie Sleepovers. I'm here with Jay Blake. Hello. And I'm Dion Baya. Um, happy Halloween for all you people out there who are listening to this. Uh, if you're not listening to this, and Halloween have passed, has passed. Well, it was a good Halloween. We hope you had a good Halloween. <laughs> you hope you had a fun, safe. Halloween. Yes, I hope you didn't get any razor blades in your apples or uh, or any other kind of weird stuff. Although nowadays, I guess you can't. You know, I remember that was changing over when I was young, where you wouldn't really accept. That was the big thing. You couldn't accept yeah, stuff. Yeah, parents out of would it. have to like inspect the candy yeah. before you yeah. were allowed to dive into it. Which I feel my mom did. I feel bad for the old. Like you know, I was. I guess you too. We were young enough to remember like where you'd get the elderly person on the street and they'd give you like pennies or nickels <laughs> you know what I mean? like that kind of thing yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're like oh what am i gonna do with this you know but it, it was really sing for them who don't want to go out and buy candy there you know i'll give them some apples and like you know it's, and so i, I want to know who ruined that for the for the person in the uh the 70s well there was forever i didn't quite understand i mean this is kind of related to what we're going to talk about tonight but in uh in halloween 2 mm-hmm. it, it takes place mostly in, in a hospital and uh when they take Laurie Strode into the hospital, there's like this mother and this kid dressed up like a pirate, and he's like holding like this bloody rag in front of his mouth. And I never quite understood originally when I saw it. I didn't understand like what the fuck's wrong with that kid? Like why is he all fucked up? Oh, he had. And it's because cut. he bit into a. And I think it's supposed to be that he bit into like an apple with like a razor blade. Who would that. do that? Like put apples and razor blades and like how how <laughs> and how do you? F- how do you expect to get away with that sort of thing? You know, like you, you know, you're the no, only that's dude. Bad, that's bad. <laughs> you know, you're, you're the one house that gives <laughs> out apples. <laughs> you're the one guy giving out apples on the street, and you're trying to, you're kind of forcing them on the kids because the kids don't want anything healthy. They want the candy, so the kid gets the apple, and then you're, oh my god, who gave it to you? Oh, old man, 
Crothers up the street. You know? Yeah. Halloween candy, man. I haven't thought about Halloween candy in a long time. You always get like the person that would give you like a little box of raisins. Yeah, yeah. Which is good, though. You know, <laughs> I mean, I can accept raisins. And it was always like you'd get one package of bottle caps. Yeah. Like that candy, the bottle yeah. caps. You always have like one. And that was like when I lived in Philadelphia and I was little. You'd always have the one package of bottle caps when I moved to Albany. And I was, you know, hundreds of miles away. So get those. <laughs> get like one package of bottles. Like, it's like every community, like they judge. They, like there's like a committee. Like Dion, you're giving out the, cap, oh, the come bottle caps. <laughs> That's not me. You, I know, g- you know, only one house is allowed to give them out. I gave out the raisins <laughs> last year. Oh, what the hell? It, it, it's 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 so weird. Also, I've noticed now because it's funny where I live. We live in an apartment building, and uh, you know the kids come around looking for for. Uh, you know, and they're almost snotty now. Yeah. Like, uh, my wife works in this town, and she didn't know that, like, the, the like the afternoon of Halloween, the the like the the custom is to take the kids around from store to store. So. Oh yeah, yeah. So she, the, the kids would come in, and she had nothing to give them, and then like like she they, they were like, oh don't, don't worry about that bitch, she's not gonna have anything <laughs> for you. And they would walk away, and she felt so bad. So we have to go out now, and we gotta buy like candy either have on hand or you know it's like you're kind of strong armed into this thing. But now it's a, like a franchise with anything. Uh, I remember when we were little, you, you know, you'd have a couple of the candies, like a Twix or a Three Musketeers or a Snickers. They'd make the little candy that was specifically for yeah, yeah. Halloween. But the now, fun you, size. The yeah, size of fun. Now you can get it in any any anybody sells the Halloween size. Um, I mean, which is good. But it seems like back then you had when we were little, you had more of a chance of getting maybe like a whole. Yeah, candy yeah. bar. Every once in a while, you'd get like a know, fucking people three musketeers. <laughs> somebody's going to like Costco or something. Oh, but I mean, buying like <laughs> jumbo packs. But I mean, that was even before like you know the, the Sam's Club, Costco, Price Club. You know, so it's like well, your dad always had full size candy bars in the freezer. Yeah, he did. Where did you buy those? Yeah, he would go. I, I don't know where you'd buy the uh, the cases of stuff. You know, but it was cheap <laughs> then. My dad would give me uh, me and my friend money. He'd give us like a dot. We go to like the local. Like uh, I don't know what you call that, like the bodega or the little, little uh, you know s- side store, quickie mart thing, and uh, you know like fifty cents for a coke, you know we 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 get like a a coke and a candy bar and whatever we had left we'd get it was pennies for tootsie rolls, so we'd f- you know get as many tootsie rolls as you can for with the pennies and then eat them s- shits like at the playground and those were disgusting. <laughs> tootsie rolls. You know? Oh, I like tootsie rolls. I don't know. It's like my friend. And used also, to the only time you get like flavored tootsie rolls is on Halloween. I never even knew they had another flavor. They have like the chocolate <laughs> ones, the one that you always that you know is common. But then on Halloween, you'll get like someone gives you like a little variety pack or something, and they'll have like there's orange, like cherry or strawberry, what? lemon, what, like lime. You're lying. And to like me. vanilla. I've never even heard of multiple. F- that's just that's bizarro <laughs> world. <laughs> multiple colored tootsie rolls. It comes in like a variety pack with like other. Uh, well, anyway, they, uh, you know, happy Halloween. <laughs> we hope you've, you've, you've gotten out of your candy coma. Uh, we're here to talk about tonight um, Halloween 3. A quintessential Halloween movie. It is, you know, and, and I think it's that for a lot of reasons. It certainly gets a bum rap. Uh, well, all those horns outside. Um, <laughs> big traffic jam. Big here. traffic jam in Manhattan where we're here recording. At, uh, the the Podwood, Podwood Studios <laughs> <laughs> high above on 6th Avenue. Uh, where was I? Okay. I feel like it gets a bum rap. And, uh, but it is certainly a Halloween movie because I like how it takes place 
you know, it is a countdown to Halloween. It's high, Halloween. Well, it's the most Halloween movie. Yeah. Of the Halloween series. Oh, anyway. of the, certainly of the franchise, the Halloween franchise, yeah. I mean, there's a couple of good Halloween movies. There's Trick or Treat. That, that was going to, yes. Uh, that's a good one. That's recent. That's 2010, maybe? 2009? Uh, yeah. 11? That, it's like a little an anthology movie. Yeah, and, there's, and that, that one got a bum rap, too, where that, that got made and was shelved for a year before they were finally able to release it. And then I think they're trying to make a sequel now. Uh, Jeff Lieberman, who did Squirm, he, he did a movie called uh, Satan's Little Helper. That's a Halloween movie. There's a couple of good Halloween movies out there, but Halloween 3, to me, is... Um, season of the Witch. Season Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. 1982. Directed by Tommy Lee Wallace. First movie, maybe? His Written and directed? F- his, first, his first movie that he directed, yeah. He went to college with Carpenter. He's a member of the Coupe de Villes, mm. which we talked about in our Big Trouble in Little China cast. Yep. Um, he edited and worked in production on the first Halloween. Halloween 2 rolled around. Uh, Carpenter didn't want to direct it and didn't direct it, but he, the first person he offered it to was Tommy Lee Wallace. And Tommy Lee Wallace turned it down because he didn't want to do a direct sequel to Halloween I think I knew, I didn't know that Carpenter didn't do the second Halloween. No, it's directed by second Halloween two is directed by a guy named Rick Rosenthal, but Carpenter and Deborah Hill wrote it. Uh, they wrote the first one, and Carpenter and Deborah Hill uh, produced it. The second one. The second. And then one. they also did it for the third. They executive. And they produced. also produced the third one, and Carpenter uh, did the score for with the Alan, third one with Alan Howarth. Howarth. Um, they also did the score for Halloween two. For Halloween 2, Alan Howarth talks about how he really did the score using Carpenter's original tracks and then, you know, chain, you know, and then adding more to them. Carpenter always says that he, uh, you know, that Alan always just kind of helped out. Um, but this, but they did the score for Halloween 3, which in my opinion is one of their best scores. You like it? Yeah. Yeah. I love their score for Halloween 3. Um, Alan Howarth loves their score for Halloween 3. It's it's like the score that, uh, you know, when we talked about Big Trouble in Little China, um, like Alan Howarth, the, his two favorite scores that they did together, I think, are Big Trouble in Little China and Halloween 3. Well, it's interesting that it, it, it got a kind of a, a raw deal, not to quote Schwarzenegger, <laughs> uh, because I guess everybody, I don't know if, was it a marketing um, flaw, but... It seems the, the the running gag. I had never seen it, and because I, I think it had a until lot of this factors. Time or yeah, until until, until, la- until until I watched it for this cast. Oh, okay. Wow. I never watched it, and I, I, Halloween Three Virgin. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, it, and it was really weird because I've never gravitated towards the Halloween franchise. I think, in, and uh, you know, I I've always been a uh, Jason Voorhees. I like the Friday Thirteenth. Uh, Freddy's are okay. Uh, I've seen the first two Halloweens, like them. Then I never really saw anything pass. Everything blurs, I, you know. And I, I need to sit down and watch them all. And of course, I saw like H two O in the theater. And the yeah, new ones, uh, you know. I mean, so and it, and it 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 seems like this. It always got a, a a bum rap. But I don't. I didn't at the time when it came out. Did people actually like that? Was the joke when I was watching it last night with my wife that you know is, is this going to be a movie where my dad's in the theater like when the fuck is on Mike Myers going to show I up? I think that you know really. I, mean? I think that was a big part of it. Um, for the people that haven't seen it, 
it's not about that was a Dion's indicating Michael Myers isn't in it. It's a completely different story. Has nothing to do with the original. Well, Halloween they movie. tried. They had an idea which they were gonna just try to make the franchise into like a trick or treat and like a. Uh, a franchise about the the night of Halloween well, the, horror, I, the, the, like an anthology. Almost. When Carpenter did Halloween, um, even though it's kind of open ended to a certain extent, it was never his intention to make a sequel. Hmm. He didn't even know it did well in the box office until like a couple of years, until like a, you know a full year later, when somebody came to him and was like, you know, this movie's making a lot of shitload of money, and he's doing like Elvis or whatever. Um, so then they come to him. They say, we want to do another one. He says, okay, we can do another one, but I don't want to direct it. Because he doesn't want to do the same movie again, basically. Um, Halloween 2 picks up like exactly the minute that the first one leaves off. Which I, that's an element I love about it. I love that kind of, when they do that with films. And it's surprising that, like, I think the only movie, definitely the only horror movie to have done that before that, was like Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, you kind of like take it for granted. Like, okay, but apparently it was like really rare to do that. Um, Halloween th- th- Halloween 2 did pretty well. And then so like, well, let's make a third one. Carpenter is just like, I, there's no, what else are we going to, what other story with Michael Myers are we going to? Yeah, they, they lit him on fire, didn't they? But, yeah. But he I mean, blew like up he, within like the second blew one. Up. I mean, this was like, the second one is what, like 1980? Yeah. Uh, so... Um, this is before Jason can be killed a million times and keep coming back. I mean, it's before the prospect of like, you know, a Terminator type <laughs> yeah. villain that is just like indestructible. I mean, he was somewhat indestructible already, but in that he survived a lot from the first movie and then continues. But now it's like, okay, he's dead. What else? Well, they're really having a horrible <laughs> time down there. It's not really moving anyway. The traffic. It's a mass exodus out of the city today because was, it's Halloween. I got, I, got, I got bleeped there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the idea was, okay, we can't really talk about Michael Myers anymore. We want to use the Halloween name, blah, 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 cash in. So let's do another story, completely different. And this was like, in their in their heads, in hindsight, it's like, what the fuck were you thinking? But in their heads, they're like, this is a hugely marketable like, we could make a new Halloween movie every single year. Yeah. And then we can spin off sequels to any of those movies. So it's like... An, it's like Sounds like Lucas before <laughs> Lucas even knew Lucas was Lucas. You have, like, infinite possibilities to make money on the Halloween Yeah, franchise. but see, now, wouldn't that have been successful had they had alerted the, the audiences? Well, that's, their... I think that's the biggest problem is that nobody had the mind to or took the time to or maybe they, promote it. Maybe you know, they were afraid then? To or really promote it and let the audience know what it was going to be. Were they afraid that had they not said Michael Myers wasn't going to be in it, that people maybe would not flock to the theaters? Maybe not. I mean, I mean, maybe you're right. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think, it, I think there's been a huge resurgence for it uh, in recent years. It's it's developed a huge cult fan base, but at the same time, and it, and it just came out on Blu-ray. There's been a blue, a relatively there was a, a Blu-ray, a Scream, Blu-ray. Uh, Scream Factory released a nice Blu-ray for it, um, and now uh, what I think what you're referring to is there recently there was just a huge box set of the complete, oh yes, uh, Halloween movies, which has the Scream Factory Blu-ray in there, um, but I, I think even today people. 
there are a certain amount of people that look at that one as being like uh, Halloween three. I always like, do. Like people look at like the George Lazenby Bond movie as being like uh, on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Yeah, but you see, it's it's it, it, but it, no, what on Her Majesty's Secret Service is a good movie, and so is Halloween three. Yeah, I mean, it it seems like uh, you know this has been done quite a bit where uh, you know they'll have a franchise based on somebody, and then. The, they're worried about not having that person coming back to star, if it be, even be it a monster or whatever. So they don't want to call the movie what it is. So this is Season of the Witch, which I think, had it not been connected to the Halloween lineage, this thing yeah. would have been box I, office gold. I don't know. I, I don't know if it would have been huge, but I think it might have fared better. I, I think it would have um, been. For those people who are listening that haven't watched it yet, we're going to spoil the fuck out of it. <laughs> Yeah, but if you uh, if you want to stick with it, um, the basic storyline is that it, it's a it's basically a murder mystery kind of. It basically for me was one of these giallo. Movies. It's very it's very much in the, like the style of a giallo. You know, and movie. it's so fun. First of all, it's got the uh, I love this word the incomparable <laughs> Tom Atkins and Tom Atkins. I love Tom Atkins to death, but uh, my note. When I was watching this last night, I said, Tom Atkins, see if, if you see if I'm going wrong with this, this declarative statement I'm about to say. Tom Atkins proves that any man is leading man material. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of that? If you're worried about anything, you look at Tom Atkins, you go, you know what? Anybody could be a leading man. Well, I mean... I mean, not to, not to, not to take any away from his performance. He did a great job. It was good. But it's just... It's so weird... They cast him in it. And he's a doctor, and he's and it's just a regular night for him. But then there's this whole backstory. I'm, I know I'm getting ahead of us. There's a backstory like with his family, mm-hmm. and he just pushes his family and kids to the side to go on this giallo mystery. Yeah, and then you're supposed to like feel for him, and then he's like hooking up with this girl like right away. And well, that's it's like, what I love about Tom Atkins. It's like in the car, especially in the Carpenter related movies. I mean, not like, but in, like in the fog. Like Tom Atkins is like a fucking ladies' man. He's always a, yeah. He's always he's, like a. He's nailing in the fog. He's nailing the young Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, he picks her up like in the pickup, right? <laughs> yeah, he just picks her up. He's a hitchhiker. Yeah, he ends up like taking her back to his place. Maybe he, the ladies know something we don't about Tom. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so uh, a quick storyline. He's a doctor. Uh, there's a patient that comes in his emergency room, Northern California suburb, which very easily for me looked like it could have been the next town over from the fog. It looked like it was like the next the next little county. Yeah, you know, it's definitely in the same kind of area or the same world. He's the guy who comes in as a patient is clutching a Halloween mask, a, a pumpkin Halloween mask. Um, Tom Atkins, it's emergency room. The other thing I love about the Halloween movies is hospitals never have any fucking patients. Nobody <laughs> in it. Nobody in it. It's an empty hospital. People are screaming. He's got the overnight shift. This guy. Uh, He's holding the mask in the background on the TV. The commercial comes on for these masks. Now that's he's unresponsive. Maybe remember they they brought him in. He he passed out. He can't talk. Then when they they got him on the crash cart, they're chatting about what yeah. happened. Commercial comes on in the in a patient's room next and door, and that's a, when he starts like, oh. There's the ever famous uh, memorable jingle, which is it's very good. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, eight more days to Halloween. Halloween is a countdown. Halloween, yeah. and it's 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 a commercial for the Hello, masks. kids. Yeah, eight more days till you get your <laughs> Halloween mask. And it's, it's a commercial for these masks. That Silver Shamrock is a company that makes Halloween masks. This year, they've released three Halloween masks. A pumpkin, 
a skeleton and a witch mask, and they're like the shit. Yeah, like kids. It's your cabbage. They want kids. yeah, like they want those masks. They don't want other masks. The it's all about marketing. The commercial comes on, and he, finally this patient talks. He says they're going to kill us all. Um, Tom Atkins is a little weird up. Yeah, well, just let's give him some seeds of Thorazine. Uh, moving forward, somebody comes in and basically assassinates that guy. Yeah, and then kills himself. Yeah, great. Fucking, yeah, sets himself on fire in a car in the parking lot. <laughs> he kills, I love that he kills the guy by grabbing, like, the bridge of his nose and, like, ripping it out. Well, of first, him. yeah, he puts his hand over the guy's mouth so he won't scream. He sticks his fingers in his eye sockets as far as I can go. And then as he pull, he pulls the bridge. Yeah, he grabs the, the bridge of his nose. Pulls it out, and then that kills the guy. And it takes it does takes a little while for him to die. So this murder happens, police come. The man, the patient who's died's daughter comes <laughs> to identify the body. This is Giallo. <laughs> and uh, basically, to not get into the, 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 all the details of it, she wants to go on this adventure to figure out who, how or, who killed her Yeah, dad, she, she started looking up and she's like, you know, my dad's always punctual. He's got records. Up until this date. And then after he was going to get a, uh, he worked, he was, uh, he worked at like a, the, t- the town store, like it was a general store, and he stocked these masks, and he was on his way to go to the Shamrock factory in yeah, the town. To pick up a new order. And then, then no one heard of him. He missed all his appointments after that, and no one seen him until he came running back into town, you know, yeah, being chased by these Runs weird, into yeah. the gas station, and the gas station attendant brings him to the hospital. Yeah. So Tom Atkins is like, sure, I'll help you. Then he <laughs> so calls his Tom wife. Tom Atkins, and, and, and it doesn't hurt that she's a looker. But it's funny. Tom's like, hey, kids, put your mom on the phone. I'm not coming home. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I mean, I think it's really clear. Tom Atkins even makes, makes fun of this, and you hear him uh, talk in the commentary or in interviews about it. He's separated. Oh, that's not clear, I guess. That wasn't clear enough to me. Well, he's like... Because you know, uh, it's clear that he has issues with his wife. Yeah, played you by know. Nancy Loomis, who was married to Tommy Lee Wallace at the time. Who she's in ho- she's in Halloween. She's one of the girls in Halloween. Um, but he's got these two kids. He brings them masks, and they're not the Shamrock masks. They're like, "Fuck this, Dad." Yeah, mommy Mom got already us, got, got us, us the, the good Shamrock ones. Mask. But there's a very key line there that I think a lot of people overlook. She's like, "You can't just barge in like this all the time, or something like that, or like you know, it's your turn to have them." Or, or whatever. So they're like divorced or separated. So it's not as crazy <laughs> as a lot of people make it out to be. Um, but. Uh, See, that, you know, it's me. I, I, <laughs> thought, I thought it was. I, I, I completely. Uh, I, I could tell there was problems, but I completely didn't. Uh, uh, but you're not. A lot of people kind of make that. I don't know if it's a mistake, but a lot of people make that assumption, too. Well, like you see that a lot in these kind of movies, like especially in the Italian films where it's just like, all right, you're a lady, let's go fuck. And, and, they, <laughs> and they go away, and it's like, what about, your, you know? And then because then it was, it was hard for the believability factor, like how am I supposed to feel any kind of uh, pathos for, for, for Tom when Tom's, you know, got a family? Like, yeah, you know, yeah. I'll call you on Monday with the kids, <laughs> you know? No, nah, well, he's, a, you know, he's like, okay, I'll, it's like, he was supposed to take them, but he was—he's now. I mean, he's not completely well, this, this, see, absent nah. of the, see, you know, as you as you knocking off his responsibility. See, if you explain it that way, it's much more understandable. So okay, but I mean, he is supposed to like take them for the weekend or some shit. They need to put that in. The anyway, so he back. goes on this. He she's she's wants to go to the factory and figure out the what daughter happened. of the murdered yeah f- uh, named her name's Ellie. Um, she's played by Stacy Nelkin. Yeah, I think it's the actress's name. She's cute back then. A little, she actually dated Woody Allen when she was like 16. 
Wow. Um, and that movie that has uh, the one that's about him dating a young girl, uh, Manhattan, maybe. He actually wrote that about her. And then she was like all excited because she was thought she'd be in it. And he's like, no, you're too old to play it now. So she ended up <laughs> being in that movie. But so good old Woody Allen loves him young. He started dating her when she was like 16 years old. But uh, <laughs> so uh, she plays this character. Tom Atkins, obviously attracted to her, decides to go on this murder mystery to try to figure out what I love about it. You're talking about he, you mentioned he calls his wife. And he's like, I can't. I, I, I got to go on like some doctors it's some convention, convention no I don't, I don't remember the hotel <laughs> I love that he like hangs up the phone and she's like waiting in the car and he takes a six pack <laughs> <laughs> I know he's got a six pack of like Miller uh, Miller <laughs> High Life <laughs> he's got a six pack of Miller High Life takes it off the payphone and runs across the street and gets in the car um <laughs> Tom Atkins' character, I mean, you're kind of right. Like, he does prove that, like, any man can be a leading man. But at the same time, it's it's the, it's the time period. I mean, nowadays, like, you wouldn't have Kojak. No, you would never have or a guy. Or Quincy. No. Or Peter Falk would never be Columbo. Yeah, you'd never have these, these normal, everyday-looking men. You always have a pretty boy now. Or back then it was, you'd have, a, you know, a guy, a dude, on his acting chops would get measured as opposed to, like, his looks. But uh, Tom Atkins' character, I love it. He's a ladies' man. He's a drinker. I mean, he's a man's. <laughs> yeah, he's a doctor. He's educated. Yeah, you know, <laughs> he's definitely I mean, a man's. Th- man. There, there was, uh, there, yeah, there was elements of like Quincy in it. Uh, of um, the, the uh, uh, not Quincy. I'm sorry, Marcus Welby and all. It was, it, it, it was good. It's just, and, and, yeah, in the '70s, the doctors were very hands-on, and and it went into the '80s. Um, I would see. It's interesting because since Carpenter didn't direct it, I thought there was there was. It was very much the the aesthetic look of it, the shot compositions, the use of the steady cam, the use of the uh, th- rule of thirds well, Dean, with the Dean, wide. Dean Cundy was the director of photography. Also, oh, he was the same who had a, shot Halloween. Because it looks very much like shot the thing. You know, if people weren't paying attention, people would say, "Oh, it looks like another Carpenter." I mean, especially like the hallway scenes in the hospital. You know, he, they're really utilizing that. Uh, that stock of film to make it look wide and the rules of thirds and the framing, how they frame people. I mean, they were even, there were shots where a guy comes into the foreground and uh, Atkins is on the phone in the, in the, in the middle, then in the background. So it's like very u- good use of space within the frame. And I was like, you know, it looked yeah, very much It's like, a beautifully shot movie. Yeah. Um, now you had commented that written and directed by Tommy Lee Wallace. Well, Tommy Lee Wallace ended up writing the final draft of the script, but originally uh, Carpenter went to Nigel Neal, who was the creator, a creator of Quatermass and a big English writer. Um, and this was his story. Actually, funny uh, enough, originally they were going to do Halloween 3. Carpenter's talking to Joe Dante oh, okay. uh, about it. Director yeah. of Gremlins and so many great... He must have been doing Twilight Zone the movie at the time. Because that came out in 82, 83. Maybe. I think he talked about he was working on... Something like he was working on, like, a remake of The Creature from the Black Lagoon or something. Maybe it never got made, because I don't remember. No, uh, yeah. But anyway, so Joe Dante says to Carpenter, you know, Nigel Neal's in town. We should go talk to him about a movie. So they pack up. <laughs> you know, they get in the car. They go talk to Nigel Neal. Nigel Neal has this crazy idea for a movie, inv- in, uh, you know, involving, like, the Wiccan, you know, Celtic holiday or whatever of Halloween. Not, you know, and... and uh, 
So it's basically his story. But his story takes place in, like, a, a British hospital. And Carpenter says there's just things in the script that, you know, I guess are very English and didn't make sense to him as, like, an American. And he also said that uh, Nigel Neal was a bit of a dick. Some people attributed to him that attribute to him that he had been burned by Hollywood before. And so it was very guarded and very um, unwilling to uh, collaborate. Um, Carpenter kind of read it as that he just thought he was better than everybody else. And so he wrote the original draft of the script. I guess Carpenter then did a draft of the script. And then Tom Lee Wallace then did took Carpenter's movie and then rewrote it. So originally this idea, um, the masks and Halloween as being like a ceremonial event. Well, a lot of people forget the, the, the historical aspects of Halloween. It was a, like a Celtic kind of a festival where um, it was the only night of the year where like the dead could come out and uh, could come back and you can hang out. They, they, they you know come knock on your door. And I love the speech at the end that the, the old man... Um, uh, Dan O'Hurley, I guess. Yeah, O'Hurley, yeah. Or, uh, Mr. Cock, uh, Cock, uh, Connell Cochran. Connell Cochran gives, and he's the old man from Robocop. He, yeah. He runs OCP. He's an old actor. I mean, yeah, he's yeah. a lot of shit. Yeah, he passed away in 2005, I think they, they said. Uh, but I love how it, they he associate he brings it back. He, it's finally like in the like you know the last act in the like you know the eleventh hour he gives you the, the you know it, it sums <laughs> everything up. Be like, oh, I get it now. Um, was there any? I was looking the whole movie for like a. Uh, the, the, you know, the, an emphasis on the Irish. Was there? I was. I was thinking the whole time maybe it was going to be like one of these, you know, like Irish have a shitload of supernatural uh, uh, myth that is, in my opinion, completely underutilized in cinema. Like you know, you get a little bit with leprechauns, but that's the most popular. But you yeah, have like yeah. pukas, you have like the fucking banshee that comes get you. Uh, you have the the coach of death, all these kind of shit. Um, I thought it was going to be something like that. There was going to be some sort of gimmick of why it was Irish as opposed to just you know either. You know, United Kingdom, England, Scotland, Wales. You know, but it didn't really was it really yeah. Wasn't I mean, the the town is full of Irishmen. Yeah, he he came he, over, populated, and then he he says that he 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 brought everybody in, so nobody in the town really works. They're scared of him. It's a company town. They drive into town, and like everybody's like looking through the windows, like who are these outsiders. Yeah. Um, Six o'clock. There's a, there's a there's a big. Thing that goes I love off. that. I I love that the curfews like while the sun is still. Yeah, up. they're like take your business indoors. You know, and everyone's looking because there's only one. Uh, you know, they're they're the, Tom Atkins and this girl are the only ones you know out and about, and everyone's like looking. Oh, what are they doing out so late? So they get to they go to this town with this this company. Go to this town. It's a company town, basically. The factory's built in this town, and the entire town is is, and the families are uh, off the boat Irish, off the boat Irish, and and uh, employed by the factory. So it's one of those. I don't think that really exists anymore, but you always hear about, like, mining towns, yeah, you know, yeah. it's, like, definitely, like, company. The town, yeah, the town is... The is, entire company, the entire town is... Is revolved built, around like, this, around a, a upset company. One industry, one company, and everybody works for that company. Yeah. And that's what uh, the Silver Shamrock Town... Whatever. Yeah, but they sort of... Then Atkins meets in the alleyway a, a, a homeless... Like a dr- a, yeah, like a, a homeless drunk. Who, who kind of gives him some backstory where the town is actually destitute because... Uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Cochran isn't hiring any of the town's indigenous people. He's yeah, hiring yeah. the. He's bringing Irish over. So basically, the, I guess there was a town, and then Cochran came in, built the factory. But they act like it's been there forever. So I don't. 
Yeah, and then he came over. I don't know. It didn't seem that long ago. But anyway, <laughs> uh, it's aside the point. So the, he's he's making these masks, and the masks end up being. Uh, it's very much 80s as well, the subliminal message that because when, once the the uh, and then you and then you keep getting banged over the head with this commercial, which is very catchy, you know, five more days of Halloween, two more days of Halloween, one more day to Halloween. And uh, even the beginning credits, it's very almost disturbing to watch for the eyes. Like it's almost like like an epileptic seizure could be gotten yeah. from it because it comes back. Well, it's all a countdown to at nine o'clock on Halloween. There's going to be like a special presentation. And it, during the screening of the, the movie Halloween, yeah, the original Halloween, there's gonna be, and then there's gonna be like this nine o'clock giveaway. So everyone so trying has to the, get all the kids that who to, have the mask at nine p.m. are gonna crowd around their television, put, the, mask put on, the masks, put the masks, watch and watch what's gonna happen. And then and what they don't realize is there is a microchip that is in the back of the mask that lines up with the base of your skull that will go off by subliminal messaging, I guess, through the commercial because yeah. the commercial's flashing all this shit. And then, and then it's going to zap the kids with a with some sort of blue <laughs> laser. But then I don't understand where this... this then, then it... The, the mass kills the kid and, and it... Kill, it kills the kid. Okay, here's the thing. Uh, a friend of ours, Dave... Okay. Uh, huge loves this fucking movie. He's the one that kind of turned me on to this movie. Grew up loving this movie. And he always told me that he went to see a screening of something and somebody was giving away stuff before the movie. And they were doing like just horror movie trivia to give away this stuff before the movie. And he said, one of the questions was like, what kills the, you know, what kills the kids in the, in the movie Halloween 3? And somebody raised their hands and said, the masks. And Dave said he's to this day he regrets not like he's very non-confrontational but he regrets not like raising his hand and be like no like that's not true it's not the mask it's, the commercial. it's stonehenge oh yeah yeah <laughs> there's this whole plot about that we see a news story yeah that, that, from of one of the stones that, that one stolen. of the stones from stonehenge is stolen we find out that connell cochran is the one that stole it got it over here has brought it to the mining town in <laughs> Northern to his California. Factory, and they're chipping away pieces of Stonehenge, putting them in the microchips yeah. in the mass. Now, Very minute portions of this metal. And they're, not, they're saying there's some sort of mysticism, or is it alien-related? or? Well, the whole thing about like Stonehenge is that it's like it's, it's really kind of convoluted. And it, surprised me, it was surprised to me when I watched it this time like how like not explained any of it is. I mean, if you think about what a Stonehenge is... The phenomenon of Stonehenge is that, like, it's like a calendar, and that it marks like the the solstice, yeah. where the sun comes and like lights up certain things. And I think what the the concept is that like they take a pe- that there's magic on Halloween during like this like autumn solstice or whatever. Or there's yeah. some kind of like astrological. Th- that's the thing is Co- Cochrane's like the planets have not, haven't been aligned for like. Since the last time, three thousand yeah. years. Yeah. So the pl- there's some kind of astronomical alignment that is is happening on Halloween this year, and Stonehenge has something to do with it. And so like, it has to do with like mystical forces, the planet, the planet's alignment, Stonehenge. It all leads up to the fact that uh, it's going to shoot beams into these kids. These kids are going to turn into spiders. <laughs> they're going to kill the kid. <laughs> they're going to turn. They're going to turn. Then the kids turn into uh, insects and snakes. And snakes, and, they, and, and so much so that it could it could populate a room. 
Because we see it happen to one family, and the kid gets killed. Well, the idea is that, like, the beam kills the kids, and then the snakes that, that they turn into then kill the adults. Yeah, because the snakes come out of the mask, so it comes out of the kid's head. So all these bugs and snakes come out of the kid's head, and then there's a misfire in the movie where, the, <laughs> where that was, that's freaky as all hell. There's, there's uh, Atkins and the girl who are looking for the, for the father character are staying in this little uh, motel, and next door to them is a woman who's also, she, she's going to the factory to buy, like, Units See, I think they uh, they messed up her order. Yeah, and she's she's like it's so hard to get them. You know, there's, I, I can't deal with them on the phone, so I'm going to go there in person and buy because I need to restock these masks. And she gets a mask, and the uh, the shamrock uh, button that's on the back of the mask that conceals the microchip falls off. She picks it up, and she's looking at it, and then she's in bed, and she starts fiddling with it with her. Uh, I think her hair clip, like a hairpin or something, or yeah. maybe a paper clip, and then that misfires the thing into her fucking mouth. Yeah, blows her mouth open. Oh, it's disgusting. And then like insects start. Crawling. She dies. <laughs> insects come out, and then they go up and they go back into the top of her head. It's real disgusting. Um, so. You have you have that element happening, and his ultimate goal, Cochran wants. I think it's he wants to bring the world back to. He wants to almost reset the the world, and 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 his goal is like to make the people understand. I guess about you know the the it's the the druid the the paganism the 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 earth at work. And, uh, you know, we've gotten so far away, I guess, with technology. This is going to reset everything, and people are going to realize once all the kids... Because it's the biggest joke of all he's saying, because he's a prankster, remember? He, yeah, yeah. He, that's how, he, he got his fame and fortune by making, like... The families make, they start out with toys. Yeah, like, really and intricate toys. And then he's, like, the king of the practical joke. Yeah, and then, then they're rattling off in the movie practical <laughs> jokes <laughs> that, that they all know. So, I mean, it's, well, I guess it's like thing. us. Like, it's like the movie cushion thing. for us. <laughs> the, the, the jokes that they... The jokes that they rattle off. Rattle off three jokes. There's a guy who's taking a tour because he sold the most masks of anybody in the country. So he gets him and his family get a private tour of the factory. Tom Atkins and and uh, Ellie are there to try to figure out what happened to the father. They're there. The guy's like, "Oh, why don't you come on the tour with us?" Yeah. And so they accept. They're going through the tour and they go into this room that has like all these old toys and stuff. And the guy's to Tom Atkins. He's like, oh, this is like the Hall of Fame. And Atkins is like, what are you talking about? This is where we find out really uh, Cochran's backstory. And he says, the king of the practical joke, he says he invented the <laughs> sticky toilet paper. And then Atkins is like, really? <laughs> <laughs> so sticky toilet paper. Okay, there you can kind of, okay, like you can see what the joke would be maybe. Yeah. The third one is the soft chainsaw. <laughs> so you're like, okay. It's maybe like a rubber chainsaw, you know, like a fake chainsaw. The second one, the list of three that he gives. Now, this, I want to get your opinion as to what you think this gag was. Okay. The name of the practical joke was called the dead dwarf gag. The dead dwarf <laughs> gag. He says, oh, he's, he invented sticky toilet paper. He invented the dead dwarf gag. He invented the, the but soft chainsaw. But like, oh, really, really? <laughs> wow, he is big time. Do I don't know what the dead dwarf <laughs> gag is. But you can kind of see what sticky toilet paper is. You can kind of get what maybe the soft chainsaw is. But what the fuck was... <laughs> Does was that the mean you're buying a dwarf? <laughs> You know, I, I have no idea. Uh, I, I don't. Like, what was the joke? I don't like, know. What was the practical joke? I, I wonder. See, I wonder if it's one of those things that, like, Carpenter. That's like from Carpenter's script, where he leaves in those, those, those plot points that don't go anywhere. Like in the first one, when, when the guy's telling um, Loomis to, you know, then he picked up an axe and went to his house, and he's like, "Will you shut up, please?" You know. So I wonder if it's one of them. Uh, but he, yeah, he's he's made all these toys, 
And that's and now they make they make masks. Now he makes masks. So and it's interesting that the toys that they, that are in this little room that's like the Hall of Fame, these antique toys, are very intricate because then we find out that the that he also has this uh, uh, like mercenary squad of guys. Yeah, At yeah. first, you, you think they're like CIA or FBI because well, yeah. they're all in suits, uh, and they're very much like uh, you know like covert like dark ops yeah, guys. Yeah. You know, going and doing stuff, and he's—they're they're the one that goes and kills the guy at the beginning of the movie, and he sets himself on fire. And you're like, "Holy fuck!" Yeah, yeah. And then uh, they're systematically like policing the town, kind of, and watching guard and making sure. And then when this woman accidentally uh, misfires the thing at the motel and herself, they—they <laughs> come in white lab coats, take the take them take the woman away in a in a uh, freaking uh, conversion van, and uh, and the, the guy's like, "Don't worry, she's gonna get the best treatment in the world." Meanwhile, they're taking her away in a van, <laughs> you know, and no one's saying. Anything. But you come to find out that later on in the movie that these guys are all like robots, but yeah, not yeah. robots like, like automa. They're like automatons. Yeah, they're kind of like uh, the technology because there's there's like uh, uh, they're like clocks. Like there's like there's yeah, like yeah. there's like um, gears there's and gears and, and all that kind. Of, but then also they have like the the liquid you would see like in aliens. Like uh, what's his face? Um, uh, what was his name? Um, Lance Henriksen's Bishop or oh, yeah, the other yeah. guy uh, who in the first one. Um, I forget that actor's name. Ian Holmes. Like they have like that, but it's not the white stuff, but it's like a... It's like a red, like a yellow Yellow gel that they, when, when they yeah. get killed. It's the lubrication. That's so it's, so it's really <laughs> weird that he, he's pioneered these things. So he's, he's in, so I mean, you look at the steps, he's, he's, that's an achievement in itself. Yeah, yeah. But he hasn't marketed these things as like, you know, sex... <laughs> devices or or whatever silver, silver shamrock yeah, yeah you don't know you don't know sex dolls. you know you don't know what they could you could think of anything under this he could he could be supplying this to the to the government no he but he keeps them for himself his own like elite squad and then and then that's that's one level then he gets to the level of let's make these freaking masks so you come to, you find out that these these are the dudes and so like they're completely expendable because i think at one point atkins like punches one in the chest yeah and, yeah, and yeah. then the thing dies it's like holy crap and then uh, i i love one of them Ripped off a dude's head, <laughs> you know. <laughs> the, the he, drunk, the guy. drunk guy, he ripped the guy's head right the off. The drunk homeless. You don't guy get to see. Town. You don't get to see a lot of heads being ripped off. Just rips like it right that. off. Yeah. So that, that was great. Um. Uh. And at the beginning of the movie, when the guy's running away, when he gets to the gas station, like he kills one of them by, uh, you know, like push the he he the, a car is on an angle and he gets the chocks underneath the wheel and the wheel it crushes the guy so it's, there's a lot of suspense in the movie like the yeah, carpenter yeah. has suspense of what's going to happen next well it's got a great opening i mean yeah. the opening i mean we talked a little bit about like how the story starts to unfold but the opening is the guy who we talked about is the guy that gets brought to the emergency room that has the mask who the father of the the girl character ellie who who, who gets killed in the hospital the movie opens um well, one with like awesome computer graphic. <laughs> well, that was yeah. That's the the commercial. It's very of the. Uh, it's almost unsettling it's nowadays. Like an eight bit, a jack o' lantern, which like the jack o' lantern is like the Halloween thing for the opening, um, but then it's like him just running, and you know he's he's running for his life. You know that like he he's he feels like he's running for his life. And so it's a really powerful opening because it just like it fucking starts. You don't know who this guy is, where he's coming from, where he's going, what he's running from, like what, like who's after him. And then so it's a really kind of like engaging opening. At least I, I felt that way. No, I completely agree. I mean, because he's, he's, yeah, he's running down the it's a long take of him running down the road. And um, then like as soon as he gets out of the way, you see um, 
like, you know, a car is following him. So there are people, you know, someone's after him. You don't know why someone's after him. Uh, and basically, they're like wooden soldiers, like March of the Wooden Soldiers. Yeah. They're like, they're going after him. And then, you know, this story starts. Um, so they get there. They get to the town. They meet the guy. They find out ab- about what's going on. Um, I like how Halloween, the movie, the first movie, is referenced like twice. Yeah. There's a commercial for stick, you know, we're going to be playing Halloween this weekend. And then you see Mike Myers, I think even, so he even like cameos. And then later on, they're watching it. It's on again. It's on. And the music from Halloween, it's the scene where like Lori comes walking out of the house and, um, this, the music from the TV becomes the, the score. Yeah. To the, to, to Halloween three for a scene. You get, it's like, it goes from being like, Diegetic sound to being like a non-diegetic sound. Yeah, diegetic sound. It's a really, it's a cool. It's brilliant. Yeah, you know, how they how they do that. Now you like the score. I like the score. I found some of it repetitive, yeah, which I think was on purpose. No, I know, but I mean, I love Carpenter stuff, and I love you know his. He's got those trademark things when there's a scare that you know he'll put a sound effect in there to just jump you out of you. in case you know the boogeyman jumping out of the closet isn't enough he'll put a sound effect in there to just yeah, scare the yeah. shit out of you and it's very effective I mean he does that like in everything you know. Uh, I just found some of it, some of like at the beginning, the, the, like the three notes he's hanging on are just repetitive. But I think that's fu- that's on purpose to make it like yeah, almost yeah. he wants you unsettled. He wants you not knowing what's happening. Uh, but I, that said, I, I like the score a lot. I mean, and you're, you're saying you think it's the score he's most proud of. Well, I, th- I know Alan Howarth likes it a lot. You know, when I when I talked to Carpenter about his music, um, he didn't really have much to say about Halloween 3, um, other than it was just, you know, more of the same. Um, I wanted to talk to him about it because at this point, I feel like other than a short that they did in college called, like, uh, like The Adventures of Bronco Billy or something that actually won an Academy Award, this was, like, the first time he scored something that he didn't direct. No. So, um... I thought there might be something to that, but apparently he just did the music and just handed it to Tommy Lee Wallace and said, "Here, use." That's it. It wasn't as um, eventful as Tommy Lee Wallace. The only thing he really had to do with the music was him and Alan Howarth did the jingle for the commercial, which is a great jingle. So it's like their voices sped up, and it's Tommy Lee Wallace's like announcing voice, like, "Hey, kids, you know, at nine o'clock on." That's Tommy Lee Wallace's voice. Oh. Um, Timely Wallace also does a, the same voice in as some of the uh, the radio like wraparounds in the fog when she's like listening to like you're listening to W. That's him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's Timely well, Wallace's funny. voice. Um, now what happens to Cochran at the end? Okay, see because it, it almost becomes a 2001 like Space Odyssey <laughs> ending. You know, like what the heck is he? He's, well, that's he, the is thing. He, is he like you know he transcends? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like you you're getting the sense that he knows what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, but you're getting the sense that it's going to turn the power of Stonehenge is going to turn people into snakes and bugs. Yeah, but then uh, Cochran get bl- gets blasted by the stone. You know, not just a little chip from the stone. But he's like waiting for it almost. Because at the end of the movie, this he's like, "Oh, you ruined it." Well, he like, knows his, he knows the jigs up. Yeah, <laughs> you know one thing I I liked about this movie, and I wanted I, and I I wanted to see if you got a sense, like especially the ending. I mean, there's a there's a pieces of it a lot, but like more than I say any other movie, this movie kind of uh, 
pays homage to Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Mm. I mean, a lot of like the whole like third reel where they're like running around the uh, the factory and then he throws the chips and plays the you know it's it reminded me a lot of the third act Sutherland of, yeah and of Brooke of Adams like running, running around yeah running around it's very like much so because they're all yeah because they're all like in on it and they're uh, but you know it's weird we're talking about spoiler alerts um, he Atkins she gets kidnapped he goes gets captured and he's like you know I need to save her he, and Cochran shows Atkins where she is she's in her room so when he's able to escape uh, he goes to the room grabs her. And then he's with her the entire time until he sabotages the plant. Plant blows up. They get into a car. They bolt out of there. Yeah, yeah. And he's like talking to her in the car, like, we got to get out of here. We got to talk. And then she turns on him. And then bang, we find out that she, in fact, was a robot too. Yeah, yeah. So are we to assume that she was switched? And in the entire time she's been a robot since uh, he got her out of that room, because I wonder why she didn't try to stop him when he she was right next to him when he was throwing those chips down and causing the plant and the, in fact the entire plan to go, yeah, yeah. you know, to go down. So why didn't she review? Why did she withhold that <laughs> card that she was? A, you know, she waited till it's a movie. To, yeah, I know. See, she waited till like the last possible some, inconceivable moment where it wouldn't work. There's some people that ask: Is she won the whole time? Is she won the whole time? And that just seems like a. It could. I mean, that, I mean, if you want to be conspiracy theorist, like, like, why? Go why after would they? Time yeah, why would they have her then go? Cause she, this intricate plan. But there's no reason because then the um, she's in f if she's in fact causing them to go on this investigation that then leads to the downfall of yeah, the yeah. of Shamrock. I think she is one from the minute she gets captured. Yeah, yeah. So we don't know what happens uh, to her. But yeah, I don't know why her. She doesn't spring into action into ro crazy Terminator robot mode. Yeah, way before he f fucking kills Cochran, <laughs> blows the entire place up because they leave the place and it's like they have a wide shot. And it's like it's like in ruin. It's yeah, blowing yeah, it's up. It's <laughs> animated flame. Yeah, in the it's like it's in a very big matte paintings um, and stuff. And then she, you know, she waits till like they're like a mile out of town before she, you know, he she tries to take him and they crash. The I mean, car. it's a very Terminator scene. That's crazy. Pre-Terminator. Yeah, yeah. I mean, her arm. Because she gets like, her arm gets blown off or whatever, gets pulled off. Oh, yeah, and from the, the car arm's accident. going after yeah, her. Yeah, her arm. head's like on the ground and it's like looking. It's it's it's, it's very disturbing. So Cochran, but, okay, he just. Go back to your question about Cochran but he, he, he gets shot by the Stone Edge He magic. doesn't turn into snakes and bucks. He just disappears. Yeah, but he's, isn't he like smiling at that point? <laughs> well, there's this moment where he realizes like i said he realizes the jig's up he looks he sees atkins like who's on like the scaffolding and he looks at him and he gives him like a little salute yeah. and a smile he's like you know you won this round <laughs> yeah, like touche buddy <laughs> he's like you got me yeah <laughs> the, prank, the, king, the prank of the king of the practical jokes got has, pranked has got pranked and he gives him his little he gives like his he gives him his due and i think he just kind of I don't know. I read it as like he just he's accepting defeat. He's very much also. What year is Phantasm? Because he's almost like a tall man. Seventy nine, maybe. He's because you know him driving around slowly, in, in, in he has a really nice black caddy, with you know like one of those eighties uh, extended backseat limo caddies with 
black tinted windows and he's, he drives by really slow and everyone in the town with fake yeah, Irish yeah. accents like oh look who it is <laughs> it's it's, it's <laughs> ah for fuck's it's sake. for fuck's sake it's Mr. Cochran <laughs> we owe him the Cochran. fucking world over there so fucking shite everyone's got like the uh, the theatrical like <laughs> hey I'm a fucking couple Brian here you fucking man you know and then he comes up and he's like you know he's very much like he's because that actor uh, Dan O'Hurley he I think his name is he's yeah. very tall yeah, so he's yeah. kind of menacing in his suit so um I found that very interesting. Something very hilarious, <laughs> uh, completely inc- inconsequential. I don't know if it was done on purpose, but my wife pointed it out where there's a scene where they're in the motel room and they're getting ready to go, and Tom Atkins is putting his pants on. Yeah, yeah. Tom Atkins has, <laughs> for all you cruising slash homosexual f- homosexuals out there um, who who know about this, uh, in the film cruising fans, he had he puts his pants on. He has a light blue handkerchief coming out of his left pocket <laughs> so huh. I, I went online to look and if you have a light blue handkerchief in your left pocket that means you're looking for oral sex <laughs> if you had a light blue handkerchief in your right pocket that means you're looking to give oral sex I see. yeah and, then, and it, it gets really there, there's there's a whole uh, if you guys don't know about this there's a um a whole true and it, it comes up in the early 80s with people when like you know it was guarded if you were gay or whatever so you know you maybe li- live a life by day doing something at night you go to these clubs and you know you want to <laughs> you want to try to like uh transmit what you're into without telling people so they they, they uh invented this yeah, it was like a code this code system of uh, handkerchiefs and uh, you know and it and it depends on which side of the pocket's on like uh, black is S and M. Uh, dark blue is anal sex. Brown is scat. Green is uh, hustler prostitute. Gray is bondage. Orange anything goes. Purple into piercing. Red into fisting. Pink into dildo anal toys. White into masturbation. Yellow into water sports. And then it also determines. I think left pocket always means you like to be the person who does get, it. Gets it or no does that, it. And then the right the, the right pocket is who gets it done to them. And then we found this other site where, where it was, there's like 50 of them. And it's like, polka dots means you're a sailor, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so we had to really analyze. She was like, she was like did, did, his, did his handkerchief have a, she, she's asking me, did his handkerchief have a stripe on it? It was light blue. Did it have a stripe? And I'm like, I don't know if it had a stripe. Because, because according to the, the, the hanky codes, uh, you know, the, 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 uh, I have it right here. Uh, a light blue wands head, uh, red is a cocksucker, uh, blue light with white stripes. Uh, if it's worn on the left, he's a sailor. Or if it's worn on the right, he's looking for salty semen. Mm. <laughs> so I don't know, because at the time, that was the early 80s, that was a lot of people doing, like, cruising came out in 1980, 80, 81. So it's like, it's like I wonder if uh, that was just completely <laughs> accidental by Tom Atkins. What I will say about, there is, this is re- after a, a, a sex scene. That you're referring to. There's a, there's a sex scene. And then what I will say about Atkins is that, or at least Dr. Dan Chalice, or whatever his name is, his character. His ER char- doctor. His, <laughs> his character, definitely a breast match. <laughs> there's like, whatever at all possible, he's playing with them. Oh, he's sucking He's got his mouth on Yeah, he's, he's, she, wasn't she doing something? He was like, he's cupping them. And I, well, you know, I, gotta, I have to say that uh, there's a, you don't, you, don't, you don't see her naked. Uh, but there is a scene where she's getting out of the shower and you see her silhouette and she has a very, she's very well endowed. 
And I was like, holy macamole, because she doesn't look like it. Yeah, yeah. She's so a tiny girl. Yeah, so, and you know what? Um, uh, what I think is funny, though, is, like, after, it comes, like, they start having sex, and then it cuts to, like, after. Yeah. And they're sitting there. And he's, like, smoking a cigarette, and she's like, <laughs> Yeah, it's, like, it's after, and then he's, like, he's tired, and she's not tired, and blah, blah, blah. And I like that, like, that's when he decides to ask her, how old is she? <laughs> how old <laughs> she is? That's another thing. <laughs> That's another thing that my wife pointed out. She's like, she's like, he's asking now, like after they've done everything, like it's gonna matter at this point because I guess she is, he is, he's hoping that she's gonna be, uh, she's gonna be eighteen years old. Uh, that's that's hilarious. Um, so I think this um, this movie is really underrated, and I think if it was just released as season another witch as opposed to them trying to. I don't know if they were just trying to do a little like dirty pool by trying to like underhandedly release it as like you know Halloween three, yeah. and then like I said like you know the poor guys like my dad goes to the theater and he's waiting like when the fuck is Michael Myers gonna show up you know well, you know it's funny like Tommy Lee Wallace says like in his own mind to kind of justify the title Halloween three. In his mind, the masks are considered by the company. And it's it's actually like the, one of the first lines from the movies when you see the commercial. Yeah, it's like now wow, like uh, Sha- Silver Shamrock's Halloween Three. Oh. Like the masks are called the Halloween Three. You know, like because there's three masks. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, been set. You know, like the Dirty Dozen. That's I, I, you know, that, like that the works. Halloween Three. I mean, it's 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 sly, but how uh, did the movie do? Do you know anything about um like did it did it bomb at the box yeah, it office? Bombed. Yeah, it did. It was not. It didn't. It wasn't. For years, I mean, I'm talking up until like the the you know mid 2000s, uh, people used to say how shitty this movie. Yeah, was. it's it's weird. Like, and then people started within to say like the you know, you la- within to- the last like five, six, seven years, there's been this huge like uptake of like a resurgence for it. You know, I feel bad because like Tommy Lee Wallace went for decades. Thinking it was a failure, yeah. thought his career was. It's going a good. To be it's ruined. a good movie, and it you know, really me. Took, really took it hard. People didn't like it. It was reviewed poorly, and then it wasn't until like recent years where like he did like a screening. He went to do a Q and A to screening someplace, or went to a horror convention, and now with the the DVDs, where like he started to have fans come up and be like, "Oh, you know, like I grew up, I watching this movie, I love this movie," and like he's now like, you know, vindicated. But it took decades. For decades, this guy felt like so horrible about this this movie making experience of like not not the actual making of the movie, but like the response and thinking that he failed and that everybody hated the movie. And it turns out, like you know, with time, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's loved. It's loved. Uh, it, yeah, it's weird because I, I bought it a couple years ago with the idea of watching it because I've been told, like, you recommended to me, a lot of the people have said this is really good. So I've always been like, yeah, you know, I never gave it a fair shake because I've never really gravitated towards the Michael Myers series. And then, uh, you know, it, it, I always knew it had nothing to do with Michael Myers. It was a mask movie. But I purposely, when I, wa- I, I tried to withhold as much as I could about the movie so I wouldn't know what was going to happen. I knew how to do it with masks. And I knew how to do some sort of like 80s technology at the time, which was like, you know, very high tech for when the movie came out. So I was look I thought that the that that the masks were going to like, you know, almost like the uh, episode of the Twilight Zone where the people put the masks on and then the you know they take them off and their faces look like that you know oh, or, yeah, or yeah. the mask was going to turn it into like a kid into a demon. <laughs> it was completely <laughs> unexpected that the kid <laughs> Dies, falls on us, and then like snakes start coming out. You know, I thought it would have yeah, been cooler yeah. if, if the kid turned into some sort of demon and then killed his family Co- or whatever. Yeah, a couple of things about the movie. I like, you know, you kind of describe what you feel like Cochran's 
like reasoning like what he was he trying to accomplish i think it's it's clear like what the plan is but i don't think it is really ever clear as to like why it has has to do with the but i do like that he's like when he's doing his speech um it has to do with like sacrifice and witchcraft and the planets of the alignment which we talked about but i like where he's like and this is like the best joke yeah it's the joke on the children (laughs) like i'm gonna have the last laugh and people are gonna be like damn he really pranked us there you know i love that like it's the best joke because it's it's he's playing a joke on the children on the children yeah um the other thing is that like it's all leading up to the the nine o'clock giveaway and then it cuts this is great yeah to like different cities all over the country and it's like don't you (laughs) you'd think that like you know west coast would get word from East Coast, nine o'clock. <laughs> oh yeah, you're right because they're not. They're, it's like a are they doing? It's, or it's like six o'clock <laughs> in the West Coast, you know. But I like. I was. I'm the, okay. We're getting down to like the, the, to, to, to right to the to the end, and it's like getting to the time. And Atkins is like, "We gotta stop." He turns into oh, Kevin yeah, McCarthy, yeah. a la the first evasion of the body snatchers. Like yeah, it's yeah. coming, you know. So he's calling. He, he he runs back to the gas station, and that guy's and there again. Like, Don't I know you? Yeah, he's like from the beginning of the movie. He's like, "Oh, not again!" And he lets him use his phone, and and I love. Like, it's like 10 of or 5 yeah, yeah. of 9. And, and Atkins is, like, calling that hotline that gets you directly to everyone's master control. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, to, to straight to, like, the god of television. Yeah, the three major net Because at the time, you know, you only had about, I don't know how many channels you have. Maybe probably 14. Probably, you know. Probably just the three. The three. Maybe big, a couple of UHF channels. So we're worried about the, the, the channels simulcasting. You know, all the big ABC, NBC, CBS simulcasting this 9 o'clock commercial. So he calls up. He's like, you got to. And it, he, he sounds like a complete lunatic. Yeah, know, he's yeah, just yeah. calling like, please, you got to. But 9 o'clock comes. The, com- one, the first commercial gets shut off. Yeah. It's like, you know, technical difficulties. They turn the and channel. I love that, like, kids walk, walk in and they're just like. They, they, they flip yeah, it basically over. these kids walk into the gas station. What we were talking about is kids go to stores yeah. to treating. Kid, the the gas station attendant gives her gives them some candy. They walk over the TV. They've got the masks on. They have the masks on. They walk over the TV to see the nine o'clock giveaway or whatever. And so Atkins is on the phone. You got to turn it off. It's gonna kill. It's not a bomb, but just believe me, kids are gonna die. And the okay, the first one does the answer. The first one goes off. Technical difficulties. The little girl in the witch mask. She turns the channel. It's brilliant. It's like kids today with computers. You know, it's like it's they know. The, <laughs> that's the commercial stuff. He's like, you got to do the next channel. You got to do the channel. He does the next channel. That goes off. Then they go to the third channel, and then it's like, it's not stopping. And then it, it gets into its. It gets after the 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 dialogue spoken. It gets into its like subliminal part that's oh, gonna yeah, starting to flash it's gonna yeah. start triggering the the things and then atkins is screaming and then atkin turns to the camera and he's like it's gonna and then that ends it and i was like that is such an awesome way to end it because the whole movie i was like well not the whole movie but the ending i was like are they really gonna do it are they gonna stop it or it's gonna be one of these movies yeah, where yeah. it actually happens you know and i i gotta give them like credit that like you know i, I mean it's left up to it's conjecture did it did it, did it stop yeah, in time know. or it doesn't i know I, if it goes off i th- would th- tend to believe that the way they left it that it doesn't stop you know you they would you know, you'd see that it was you know they would have showed you <laughs> the thing i find funny about that sequence and i understand for dramatic purposes or whatever but it's happening and he's not like little kids get away from the tv or turn the tv on no, he's, he's just like no but i guess he's he's worried about the because well, he calls his parents it's, it's interesting he calls his wife yeah yeah and he's like you gotta tell him to get to, and the wife's like fuck you you're just <laughs> jealous that you know that you didn't buy the right mask he's like no 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 which is completely believable she hangs yeah. up on him he's like oh mother and it's you know and then he's you know but it's 
I loved it. I thought it was great. I think it's a perfect example of those early 80s movies. Those early 80s horror movies are great. You know, like, it's, it's, it's in the same league as Creepshow, of, uh, as of, like, The Fog. Um, uh, like, you know, the, the, the Halloweens as well, where it's just that, that snapshot of, like, late 70s, early 80s time done well. You know, I think it, I, I think it, 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 it seems like it would have done a lot better had it not been, you know, just given a, a raw deal. I, yeah, I love this movie. I mean, in some ways, I feel like, I mean, in some ways, I feel like it's the best of the Halloween movies. See, I mean, I've never seen. It's definitely, like, the most interesting. I mean, in terms of, a, it's such a weird plot. But it's also, it's paying, it's, it's just, it's got so many weird things going on. But it does, like, more than any slasher movie, like I, like I said before, it lends so much, it's taking so much from things like Invasion of the Body Snatchers and, like, um, or even like you alluded to before, like the Wicker Man. Yeah, you know, it's like yeah. I mean, nowadays you never see. It's like uh, you know, zombie movies having like like Haitian origins. You never see that. You never see like horror movies like going back to pagan, yeah. you know, stuff like that. And that, that you know, or druid ceremonies. I mean, you kind of do with Satanists and stuff. But it's yeah, cool yeah. that they. That's what it is. That there's you know, it's a really weird but interesting plot. I think it's really well done. Um, Yes, very much of its time. You know, it's uh, you know dated, um, but in a good way. I but mean, it, it's but, not, it, you know. but it, not in like a comedic way. I don't think. I mean, other than like, okay, I mean, Tom Cat Atkins character being such like, you know, even like there's like women at the hospital that he works at. He's like slapping on the yeah, the, he's slapping the black woman in the ass. He's calling. That's well, that's what got me because he's calling up. He's he. There's some sort of sexual tension with him and the pathologist the, yeah, the, yeah. who's doing the the, the postmortems because he's like, I need you to do a post on this guy. And he's like, I can't. He's like, Come on for me. And then so then he starts like this rapport with her. He's checking in with her more than he's checking in with his wife. And that's yeah. why I was like, What the hell is going on here? And there's the line that he's like, She's like, uh, she says something to him. He's like, I'm always ready for dinners with you, honey. Like, oh, come <laughs> on. He's throwing it out to everybody who listened. But she she's kind of very receptive to it. And then she ends up dying too because I guess. Maybe, uh... Well, she's investigating the... Ro- she's examining the remains of the robot yeah. that killed him, killed itself in the car. At after, the beginning. After murdering the, uh... The principal guy. Ellie's dad. Uh, and then, the, yeah, and then I guess they get wind of it and they send one of those guys and she g- she gets killed as well. He, another great scene yeah, with, yeah. A, with a power tool. <laughs> Who knew you need a big sc- screw gun? Yeah, he couldn't just, like, ripped her head off. You know? He had to find a drill to plug it in <laughs> turn it on hold her down grab it off the gurney uh but I, you know what it, it i think it's it's good it's definitely i i'll give it in my opinion i think i'll give it four saturday sleepover stars <laughs> yeah well i you know i love this movie and this is definitely um i don't know this is definitely a sleepover movie oh completely i think it's even more so than <clears throat> Than, the, than like Halloween's one or two. Well, I was going to say, I, I've never seen any of them after this. I've never seen... How many are there before there's H2O? There's like four, five, six maybe? Halloween, yeah. Halloween H2O is like se- is the seventh one. That's the, one, that's the first one without Pleasance. Or, I mean, he died. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, because there's one more like Curse of Michael Myers with Pleasance. Curse of Myers was six. Yeah. And he was like really old at that point. Yeah. And he might have even died, died before the movie came out. Maybe, yeah. Might have even died before. And then they kind of reset it with, with the resurgence of Scream. They kind of reset the franchise with H2O, which yeah, was fucking atrocious. Curtis. I saw that in the theater. Did I see that in the theater with you? I don't think so. I saw that with my dad, and I, th- I saw somebody else. Then, then there's Resur- uh, what is that? There's another one. Maybe? Is that the one with Ice uh, LL Cool J? No, that's H two O. But the Busta Rhymes is in the next one. Is, is in the ne- and then that's the one where they're like, it's kind of like there's cameras on the walls. Yeah, it's like a reality TV. And <coughs> then they 
they re-kicked the franchise off with the uh, zombies. Z- Rob Zombie. Yeah. Who, who did the first and second ones. The second one I never even saw. Yeah, it was that's awful. Yeah, I started watching the first five minutes of it at a drive-in. I was like, I don't know how I'm supposed to like this. The first one he did, I, 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 there's elements of it I really liked. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's some shots in that, that that are completely interchangeable. You can't even tell. It looks like the original Halloween. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I, now it makes me want to go back and watch the franchise. At least I want to go see those four, yeah, five, and Yeah, I would sixes. be interested. I mean, maybe we can do yeah. more of the sequels uh, here. I'd be interested to see what you think of them. I mean, I... Um, I mean, they just throw away genre, um, you know, like... Uh, See, it's the same thing with the Friday, th- uh, not the, f- the the Nightmare on Elm Streets. Like you know, you've got second one's pretty good. The third one, Dream well, Warriors. Second one, I mean, the second one is ridiculous, it's but it's ridiculous. But it's and good I, in I, the I, sense. And I of don't think, and I don't think thought of as being really good. I think the third one is thought of as being fucking great, but I think it's just okay. The Dream Warriors. And then you have what four, five, and f- yeah, and then and then you have six. Is Freddy's, Freddy's dead. dead? And then you have New Nightmares. Yeah, which is nightmare, really good. Which I like a lot. Yeah. But so the four, five, and six are kind of like a trilogy onto them onto itself. Um he comes back and Nightmares. Never no, uh for Halloween. For Halloween's okay. Halloween four, five, and six. Fifth one is my favorite of that. The one he falls on the well? That three oh that that trilogy right there. But it's um it comes back, uh Laurie Strode had a daughter. And she's been like adopted or as a foster kid or some shit, and he's coming back to get her. Basically, that's the gist of four, five, and six. And they must really establish then that he's a he's a zombie or something, because like it's like with with I think he's like comatose and all burnt in the beginning of four, but then he just like wakes up and the, they're tra- I think they're transporting him by ambulance from one place to another, and he wakes that. up in the ambulance. If I recall correctly, it's been forever, but. Uh, I mean, first one, obviously a classic. Everybody loves it. Halloween 2, a personal favorite of mine. Very good. I like it uh, as well. We're going to be... Uh, we did a side cast of our favorite... Uh, well, not our favorite, but re- uh, uh, horror movies that we'd recommend that are maybe um, underappreciated or yeah, kind of forgotten. obscure. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we're going to be doing a post here at uh, Saturday Night Movie Sleepovers, which is like we each picked five more movies. Yeah, which is already out, so they can check it out on, on SaturdaySleepovers.com. Um, and the sidecast s- is on Podwits.com. <coughs> but you'll see that my f- one of my five is Halloween 2. Of your written. Yeah, the written post. Yeah. I love that movie. And that, those those are great recommendations for uh, 10 apiece. Uh, f- five and five on the sidecast at Podwits.com, and then five and five written on here at SaturdaySleepovers.Podwits.com. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely think it's recommended. I definitely think it's a Saturday Night Sleepover movie. I definitely think it's one of those movies you could put in. You know, it's it's like, you know, maybe sandwiched in with Creep Show, and, you know, afterward you do, like, The Fog or something, or something <laughs> like, you know. Yeah, yeah. Or, or you know, something like these dreams. Because it, to me, it seemed like it was the town next town right over. Like, The Fog is on the coast. Yeah. And a little more inland is, this is, that, this is totally. happening, you know. Uh, I also found it funny that you, that you said at the end where you, you, they show the, all the different kids at the different cities in the country. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, clearly none of it is where it's supposed to be, except <laughs> they have L.A. and they have like the shot of the kids like on the mountain. So you could see L.A. in the background. It's like, ah, but like, you yeah, know, yeah. it's like a drugstore. It's New York City. Uh, there's kids on the street. It's it's yeah, Detroit, yeah. you know, so. I loved it. I'm very glad I watched it. I'm very glad you proposed us watching it for Halloween. I think it is a perfect <laughs> Halloween movie. And we got to get out of here. Because yeah, the, the, the ambulances <laughs> are coming. They're trying to get through. I think it's a perfect Halloween movie. Uh, it, it's great in the style, like the trick-or-treat, like you said from a couple years ago. Uh, definitely recommend it. Um, anything else you have? 
I just I think it's a classic, and if you haven't seen it, I think it's time that you do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I got mine. I got a two pack Halloween two and three for like five bucks at Walmart. So I was like, oh, I'm getting that. Yeah, uh, definitely uh, underappreciated. Um, is there anything extra on the Blu-ray? Because someone was saying that there might be a different cut. I don't think there's a different cut for this movie, um, but the Blu-ray is great. Fantastic documentary um, produced for it by Red Picture, uh, Red Shirt Pictures, which does uh, a lot of great special features. They interview um, Atkins. They interview uh, the girl, the 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 actress. They interview Tommy Lee Wallace, Alan Howard. Um, great supplemental material on there. Uh, a yeah, couple of good right commentaries, away. also. The, the Blu-ray is great. Yeah, good. So definitely recommend it. So, well, thank you for listening. Uh, check out us out again at SaturdaySleepovers.Podwits.com. We're also at ThePodwits.com. Uh, you can see us there. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. Um, we're on iTunes. We're on a lot of stuff. But we're getting on iTunes at Saturday Sleepovers. Uh, we may not be on there yet as of this recording, but if you listen to this a little later, you were already there. So check us out. Uh, Blake's got a new album out, blues album. When You're Coming Home by Jay Blake. It's on iTunes and Amazon. But, uh, Check that bad boy out. Happy Halloween. Yeah, happy Halloween. Have fun. And uh, remember that uh, tonight all the ghouls and monsters are out. So just watch out and uh, you know, be careful out there. Later. <laughs>